Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey, live every weekday at noon Eastern. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Daily Faceoff Live. It's Friday, November 11th. We honor Veterans Day in the U.S., Remembrance Day here in Canada. And I am joined for the first time live since we reunited as colleagues by Stephen Ellis, our Associate Editor and Prospect Analyst. It's good to see your face, Stephen. How are you doing? And have you seen any weird, obscure hockey, which I know you love, of late? Well, it's the international break. So I've been watching a lot of games. Uh, there was the Development Cup. Uh, I saw there was a camp. I think it was, I want to say Ireland won 14 nothing in one of the games. But uh, I have to ask, are you the real Matt Larkin? Uh, I know there's been a lot of questions about verification in the last couple of days. Can I confirm you are the real Matt Larkin? There's a Matt Harkin out there, so watch for him. He's broken a fake trade before, but so far, so good. And let's let's dive into it, Stephen. We had a busy slate of NHL games, so let's get two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock right now. And let's head to Buffalo and talk about Mr. Jack Eichel. That was about as dramatic as you could draw it up. He gets a hat trick. The Boo Birds are raining down. He's taunting the crowd. And it was amazing to watch, I think. So I'm curious for you. I want to ask you this, Stephen. You look at the trade that happened roughly a year ago. Jack Eichel goes to the Sabres, Peyton, or to the to the Golden Knights, Peyton, Peyton Krebs to the Sabres, Alex Took, the first round pick. Would either of these teams want a do-over if they could have this trade back? See, I don't think Buffalo had a choice. I don't think they could have, they, they kind of had to trade Eichel. Uh, he wasn't going to play there. There was a lot of drama going on. They had to trade him. Uh, and I think that put them in a spot where they weren't maybe going to get the max return for them. And obviously we've seen some good hockey out of Alex Tuck. Still want to see a bit more from Peyton Krebs. But uh, for Vegas, it's clearly working out. This is a guy that's, uh, I picked him very high in fantasy this year because it's like, you know what, last year he was just, he spent so much time on the sidelines he was hurt the year before that too so he missed so much time but we knew that this year he was probably going to progress up and he's back in the star territory again so um with like in a perfect world buffalo wouldn't have traded away uh jack eichel but it seemed like that was just kind of the direction it was going to go regardless so they had to do what they had to do so uh i'd, I'd say no, neither team could really regret that trade or want to do over just given the circumstances but uh, i know vegas is pretty happy right now and just watching how he taunted the crowd that that was pretty funny last night that that was a good villain story you don't typically get a lot of that uh you know like we see Tavares going against the islanders and seeing that crowd reaction but watching eichel versus the sabers a very passionate fan base that was that was pretty funny yeah, I agree. And I think it's sort of last night established that everybody is where they need to be now. I think Jack Eichel's time was up in Buffalo, regardless of the injury. I think he just, you know, his attitude started to leak into his dealings with the press there. And I think he even said, he indicated that when we spoke in the summer, that it's it can be sort of a smothering experience being in that market. And maybe it just didn't suit his personality. He's where he needs to be. And Buffalo, a young team with Don Granado, shaping that sort of young core bringing in someone like Alex Tuck and Peyton Krebs, I think it's better to roll with the next generation, Rasmus Dahlin, Owen Power, and of course, Tuck having that great chemistry with Tage Thompson as well. 
I think they're happier as well. And obviously the Sabres are improved too. So it just seems like everyone has landed where they're supposed to be. And I just love seeing the storyline. Like you said, Stephen, villains, villains, give me villainy, give me personality in the NHL. I just want it injected into my veins. I want to see hot dogging every chance we get because it bothers those dinosaurs, the prehistoric thinkers. So it just, it just tickles me. I love to see it. Uh, something that people don't love to see if you're an Edmonton Oilers fan is every Jack Campbell start right now. Uh, I love the header that we had it says the soup's cold because it really is. Seven goals last night, blitzed by the Carolina Hurricanes, Andrei Svechnikov terrorizing Jack Campbell. We know Campbell, of course, already this season called his own play pathetic. He's allowed four-plus goals six times this season. They just signed the long-term deal. So what do you do, Stephen, if you're the Edmonton Oilers with Jack Campbell? Can this be salvaged? Can this situation be salvaged? I wrote earlier yesterday saying that he's a guy that really needs to turn things around. He's had a really rough season, and he just, like, absolutely crapped his pants last night. It was a terrible game. Uh, we talked a little bit before the show, and, and this is a guy that, you know, he, he's had some good moments in L.A. When he was traded from L.A. to Toronto, it's like, okay, you know what? Like, he, he, he'd probably outperform there. Then he goes to Toronto. Uh, Freddie Anderson goes out without an injury, plays on the best team of his career, looks pretty solid. Last year, we were talking about him as a potential Vesna candidate first half of the season. Then he looked like he was playing hurt. Then he was hurt. And then it was kind of just over from there. Um, Toronto didn't want to spend the money to bring him back. And you, they go out there and bring up Matt Murray, who gets hurt after his first game, ironically. But then you go and see Campbell, and this is a fresh start. Was this the goalie that the Leafs really needed? And no, clearly right now it's it's the Oilers needed. And clearly right now it's not. Uh, he's not playing well. Stuart Skinner's looked much better. Uh, but you got to give Campbell the start. So you're paying him a lot of money to be your starter. And the way he's playing, you need him to get his confidence. And that's something where his confidence can be up and down uh, you in Toronto, it seemed like sometimes he would take losses way too personally. He needs to get it out of his own head right now. Uh, but right now, this is this is pretty concerning. It's not a tiny sample size at this point. I think he's played close to played around ten games. That's not a small sample size at this point in the juncture. And he needs to be so much better. And uh, right now, he's just not getting that job done. You're right. And, and I think when you look at the comments he's had a history of making about himself after games, there's a line there. At some point, it's accountability. And that's something that actually endears you to your teammates. But when it's after every performance over and over, it starts to have a detrimental effect and it starts to become just negative. It starts to bring the team down. And I think we're starting to see the reverse effect there with Jack Campbell. And I think he has backup quarterback syndrome. You see a backup quarterback in the NFL come in mid-game, injury replacement, suddenly is a hero. No pressure, and the next week the team's got the book on him, and he gets lit up, sacked a million times, a million interceptions. I think that's what we see with Jack Campbell. He's the new Brian Elliott, the guy who's always good as a number two, but as a number one, the pressure is different, and it just doesn't work. So my theory is you need to trick Jack Campbell, play Stuart Skinner a bunch, make Jack Campbell think he's the number two, and then he's going to be fine. So let's stick with goaltending, Stephen, and it's a bloodbath out there. So Jack Campbell, it's a metaphorical bloodbath because of his play, but there are just injuries after injuries happening. We saw Vitek Vanacek go down last night. Jeremy Swayman, Jake Ottinger, Mackenzie Blackwood. The list goes on and on. Ilya Samsonov, Matt Murray. So I want to ask you, Stephen, I know you've played a bit of goalie in your life as well. What is going on with the injuries across the league? Why is this epidemic breaking out when it wasn't a problem, let's say, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, the same way it is now? Like, obviously, you look at the style of play 
that's kind of the cop-out answer. You look at butterfly goalies, they're down a lot more. They're going up, down, up, down, and much quicker. Uh, a lot more movements required. Uh, they're not necessarily diving for plays, but look back at the goalies of the 80s and 90s. They were just standing still half the time when you look at hockey highlights from back then. And now that you obviously can't do that, but it, it's it's not even just the goalies. If you look, it seems like every night we're talking to at least one notable player that's going out long-term. And you look at an NHL injury list, and it's like every team's got – five six guys it feels like um but it's something where in a lot of these cases some of these injuries look kind of harmless like if you just go back to to toronto and watching when matt murray got hurt in a practice i was there for that it's like like how did he get hurt off of that he looked like nothing bothered him and he's been out for over a month so uh it's it's something where goalies are a lot they have to move a lot more and you put a lot more wear and tear on your goalie, uh, on yourself. And you look at Carey Price. Obviously, he's he had a lot of injuries throughout his career, but it seems like um, it, it's it's almost easier to get hurt just with the, the speed of the game, the, the way the goalies have to play to make these saves. And uh, you can't you, you can't do anything if someone runs into you. But it does feel like yeah, like you're saying, there's just so many goalies, and I don't know if there's a, a perfect explanation other than just that's kind of just how the goaltending position has changed. You just put yourself at more risk most of the times. Yeah. And I think you hit on it there with, with the mention of movement. And I think about something that my, my old pal, Jamie McLennan mentioned to me a couple of years back. And he mentioned that the game has gone a lot more East West. You took a lot of slashing obstruction out of the game in the last 10 years, 15 years. And there's just more movement, more puck tracking goalies move side to side far more in a game and shots in the last couple of seasons are the highest they've been in 30, 40 years. So goalies are getting up and down a lot more. They're moving left and right a lot more. And the position is becoming far more taxing on the bodies. And I've even heard stories of kids, like not even 18 years old, needing hip surgeries because they play summer hockey and they're getting those reps in. And that's a surgery you might've gotten in the previous generation when you were 35 years old, wear and tear. Now you're having goalies getting worn down to that level at that young age, because just the sport, even at the grassroots level, just the way it's coached, the way it's played, there's so much speed right now and the goalies are just moving so much it takes a lot out of their bodies so Stephen, i want to i want to move on to one of our new sections which i love shout out to tyler remtruck for coming up with this idea it's fantastic who would you buy a beer for so right now this week Stephen, who are you shelling out that pint for i'm gonna go with the entire buffalo sabers uh fan base and i uh that's gonna be a very expensive bill unfortunately um luckily they kind of like bud light there um <laughs> seeing Eichel do what he did and you can see my Eichel Sabres jersey I got right back there uh number 15 uh that that had to hurt you see like what could have been and it's something where um there's a lot to be excited about Buffalo's future they got some good players coming up at every position uh this is probably the deepest depth they've had uh from a prospect group in a very long time they look like they were going to build everything around Jack Eichel um and I think maybe in the best case scenario for Sabres fans is Eichel was never going to hit that star status again he'd be maybe a first line player but maybe Vegas wasn't going to be that good and and Eichel wasn't going to be that big of a game changer clearly he's a big part of this Vegas team uh and you know you're going to be excited about the guys you got in that deal but Again, just going back to what we talked about earlier, that had to have hurt if you were a Sabres fan in attendance last night. Yeah, it's like seeing you you went to a club and you had a good breakup with your ex, but then you see them and it still hurts to see them dancing with somebody else out there, right? So I think it's a good pick. I'm going to buy a drink for Gabby, Bruce Boudreaux. I just feel for the guy getting thrown under the bus by Jim Rutherford this week because you come in last year, the Canucks play 649 hockey for 57 games, I believe it was, under Bruce Boudreaux. You come in with a lot of that same core intact. You even added some pieces in the offseason, Andre Kuzmenko, Ilya Mikheyev, 
and it's just not working. You don't know why, but I just think it's so quick to turn on Boudreaux after he really turned that team around last year, brought so much positivity positivity everything i heard whispers i heard around the team was that he made it fun to come to the rink again it really changed the culture and now you're going to turn your back on him already even just as well the fact that he didn't get that long-term extension despite having so much success it bothered me a little bit as well so i want to buy a beer for bruce boudreaux also he's a big comic book fan big comic book nerd i've talked to him about that before so i'd love to get his thoughts on the latest from the mcu maybe he saw the new black panther movie we can talk about that too so it'd be a nice discussion as well about non-hockey but also i would just give him a pat on the back because i think he's gotten a bad rap so far in vancouver and people have forgotten pretty quickly what he did for that team last year. So it's too bad to see, but uh, this one's for you, metaphorically, Mr. Boudreaux. Okay, Stephen, let's move on now to some fantasy hockey talk with our buddy, Nick Alberga. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I wanna tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. 
Okay, it's time for some fantasy hockey talk. It's all Oakville right now. Everybody in the room here is from Oakville. Nick Alberga, of course, he's part of the Nation Network. Leafs morning take right before DFO Live. That's Monday to Friday at 11 a.m. And Nick, it's great to see you. I know there's lots of fantasy storylines going on right now. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. Can I buy a drink for Jack Campbell, by the way? Man, oh man, <laughs> I know he gets the money going to Edmonton. There's a great documentation by producer Alex right there. That's pretty much Jack Campbell as a member of the Edmonton Oilers right now, guys. At least that dog is probably pretty confident. That's what really hurts. Uh, but we're going to stick with the Oilers, actually, for the first question uh, for you, Nick, yeah. and that's about Evander Kane. Out three to four months after the nasty, uh, the skate cutting his wrist. And from a fantasy perspective, of course, he's such a stat stuffer, especially in banger leagues. He does so many different things to help your team. Yeah. It's a hard player to replace. So what do you do if you're an Evander Kane owner and you've just lost him? Well, going full circle in that video, by the way, we know Jack Campbell, as you guys know, covering him as a cat guy. So that's why uh, you're seeing that with the dog right there. Um, as for Evander Kane, I, I think internally, and you're so right, Maddie. like I, I just think it's so tough to replace a guy like Evander Kane. Like even in my rankings going into this season, I had him in my top 40. You just look at the body of work, especially with Connor McDavid, if you're in a hits league, if, you, if your league has penalty minutes, like he just does so much, the goal scoring. It just, you know, Long answer short, it's going to be tough to replace a guy like Evander Kane. But I think you look internally, maybe it's a Dylan Holloway who looks to be the first guy up to elevate it in the top six. I think your best bet is externally. I'm really loving Brandon Hagel right now. We talk about trades right now in this time of year. You talk about last year's deadline. They pick him up from Chicago. I think he's been excellent lately. Uh, five goals, 11 points in his last eight outings. And you know, he's got a garden seat with uh, Kucherov and Point on that top line for Tampa. So I would look there. Andre Kuzmenko, six goals in the last seven. Riley Smith, five goals in the last four. Jeff Skinner, 10 points in the last eight games for the Buffalo Sabres. And don't look now, but our Terry Lekkinen, once again, doing his thing with all the injuries in Colorado's top six. Nick, Freddie Anderson. Uh, this is a guy that, you know, when he's healthy, he could put up 30 wins every single year. He's done it many times in his career. Continuously yeah. finds ways to get hurt throughout his career. Um, if you're looking to replace him, uh, I know the goalie market's kind of interesting this year. There's a lot of injuries we just talked about a few minutes ago. Uh, who would your replacements be for him? Well, firstly, I've got a grandiosa idea to hold a goaltending summit next uh, summer. And you guys covered this, guy, so you guys can host it. Um, I don't know what it is in the water. I just, it's... It's baffling to me back in the day, Marty Berdur and fantasy hockey and you guys played. This guy can start 75 times a year and now these guys can't make 25 starts. But nonetheless, I digress. Freddie Anderson, lather, rinse, repeat, injured once again. I think the name, quite honestly, to watch here because his backup, Antiranta, is also always injured is Pyotr Kachetkov. Gets the win last night against the Edmonton Oilers. Now four career appearances in this league, a 2GA a 904 save percentage, of course, uh, much to the chagrin of Tyler Riemchuk there and last night against the Edmonton Oilers on the back-to-back. -back. But a, a 2019 second-round pick. So look at Kochekov moving forward here potentially externally, loving what Martin Jones is bringing to the table for the Seattle Kraken. His last six and Screwbauer went down 5-1-0, 1-5-1, 9-40 and one shutout. Uh, Matt Murray, who we're about to talk about in mere moments, maybe you take a stab on him once again once he's healthy. And I know uh, Jake Ottinger's back in the mix, so not so much Scott Wedgwood anymore. I like the mention of Kachekov in particular there, Nick, because if you look at the contract situation long-term with Anderson and Ranta, mm -hmm. it's not like they're necessarily the long-term answers. So if there's an excuse to groom your next guy and give him more reps, I think it gets very intriguing, especially in a keeper league. 
Uh, I want to talk to you about some big name defensemen that are coming back from injury. Of course, Charlie McAvoy, Aaron Ekblad, two crucially important players in real life, crucially important in fantasy now. So I have a two-part question for you. So I want to know how long do you think it'll take them to get back up to speed, but also what are the fantasy implications in terms of who are they they're going to who are they going to displace? So I'm thinking in Florida, Gustav Forsling has been very useful, and of course, Hampus yeah. Lindholm on that top power play unit in Boston. So what happens now? Yeah, and you can't forget about Brandon Montour, the season he's had so far in 10 games without Ekblad in the lineup. How about three goals, 10 assists, and 13 points? But I think he's more so a hold because I think you even do remember when Ekblad was healthy, they were playing Ekblad and Montour on the same power play. So I would probably hold all things considered on a guy like Montour in Florida. I think Forsling's droppable. He had a hot start after Ekblad went down. Hasn't really done much offensively in terms of fantasy capabilities the last little while. And as you referenced the Boston Bruins, Charlie McAvoy scores in his return. In my wildest dreams, I never could have forecasted this start for Boston, especially with the injuries to Marshawn and also to McAvoy, as you just mentioned. It's it's pretty crazy. Like, Linus Allmark's had an unbelievable start. Don't forget Jeremy Swayman's banged up right now, and they just haven't skipped a beat. They win, and they win, and they win. Just really, really impressive. But I think more specifically, as you mentioned, you look at Hampus Lindholm, I think he's your perfect sell-high candidate. I think you've extracted as much juice as possible with this guy. I don't think he's ever going to hit this ceiling again in terms of fantasy value. And I think you try your best to, to deal him right now. So I'd probably try to trade a guy like Hampus Lindholm and hold on to a Brandon Montour. I think you're bang on, Nick. And if you see on our on DFO.com, of course, I mentioned that in our mailbag this week that he's a great seller. Point per game. He's never even had half a point per game in his career. So get out there, grab your phone right now, open up your fantasy app and start making trade offers. Thank you so much, Nick, for coming on today. If you see at the bottom of your screen right now, there's a promo code GAMEDAY25. That's for DoorDash. It gets you 25% off and free delivery on your first order. DoorDash, all your faves and more delivered right to your door. Nick, Great to see you, buddy. Have a great weekend. Shout out Oakville. Take care, guys. Okay, Stephen, it's time for the daily face-off inbox question. I love this one. It's a real stumper this week. And the question I have for you today is, if you had to bet on one division to produce the Stanley Cup winner, this season right now based on what's happening which division is your best bet it's funny because of the four divisions i'm not sure like maybe maybe vegas was the only team i probably picked to make the playoffs of all the leaders right now being the devils the bruins the the golden knights and the winnipeg jets um i'm still gonna stick with my original pick and going with the metro uh obviously i did not pick the devils to be leading that right now um but i picked it was a carolina or the rangers were the two teams i really kind of zeroed in on uh the hurricanes uh you know this is uh they're 631 in the last 10 games they're looking still pretty good uh the rangers maybe not the the perfect run they were looking for but i feel like that's going to change before long um i'm still going to go metro just because i got to stick to what i picked i it, they might not be the strongest division right now and the teams i'm picking are not the best right now but uh i'm sticking with that just to that's what i picked to the start i don't want to change that I, th I think we're on the same page i almost went atlantic because you have such competition there you have seven out of eight teams that are 500 or better but i did lean metro as well because i have the new york rangers they were my preseason pick to make the stanley cup final they have so much star power at every position they have such a versatile roster i think they can win in different ways they came close last year of course carolina that's a great contender as well the new york islanders i think have a little bit of juice now under lane lambert and of course you have the devils and that's just bonus even if the devils aren't 
a true contender because of their goaltending injury problems in the end, that division still is looking pretty formidable at the moment. So I'm with you there. And I think it's hard because the Oilers, you know, I had them being an intriguing team, but their goaltending has sort of failed them, as we already discussed. Vegas looks dominant in the Pacific. But overall, the Central is sort of just topsy-turvy. I don't know what's going on there yet with Chicago playing unexpectedly well, Colorado starting slowly. So I think we're on the same page. Metro it is. That's the best bet right now. And speaking of bets, it's time for our daily face-off points bet, daily bet segment with Tyler Uramchek. And Tyler, it was a busy slate last night. How'd you do? I uh, went one and two. The Oilers let me down. I liked them as road underdogs facing Carolina in the second of back-to-backs. That didn't happen. I had New Jersey to cover the puck line. They won an OT. So I did nail the Rasmus Dahlin shot prop. I got a couple of those tonight. And I also like, as you can see at the bottom, the Dallas Stars. So let's jump into it courtesy of our friends at Points Bet Canada. The Stars on the puck line is my play tonight. It's paying out plus money at plus 115. The Stars are, you know, maybe cooling off a little bit, but they're still 5-4-1 in their last 10. And the big one for me is that Jake Ottinger was in the starter's crease this morning at Skate. So if he returns, it's a Stars team that's very good, taking on a poor Sharks team that also played last night. So good team, good team on home ice with their starter back against a bad team on the road, playing their second of back-to-backs, plus 115 on a puck line cover seems like a good spot to me. Uh, I'm sticking in there for my first shot prop, though. Timo Meyer, the line is set all the way up at four and a half, and I still like him to go over. He's had at least five shots on goal in four of his last five games, and he's hit this mark in 11 of 15 so far this season. It's paying out minus 115, and I'm all over that one. I'm also going to take Nikita Kucherov, over three and a half shots on goal. I hit this one earlier in the week when the Lightning played the Oilers. He's now nailed it in five straight. He had a really slow start to the season in the shots on goal department, but he's really heating up as of late and it's still paying minus 110. So a couple of good spots there with Meyer and Kucherov on the shot props and Dallas to cover the puck line. That's all I got tonight, Matt. All right, thanks, Tyler. I think I might piggyback on that. Dallas one especially, I like what you mentioned about travel, and I think that's something that people underestimate with Western Conference teams. You're constantly changing time zones when you're playing your semi-regular opponents, yeah. even if you're not in the same division, but, but same conference, and I think that can have actually a pretty significant impact. So thank you, Tyler, and good luck with those bets. Okay, now it's time to move on to garbage time, and Stephen, I'm going to give you the floor. What do you have for us today? I think it's time to give the Arizona Coyotes some respect and shout out to Mike Gold for kind of bringing it to my attention, kind of just how good this team has been. You know, they, they're on a bit of a streak right now. They are going to have to play the Devils, the Rangers, the Golden Knights, and the Carolina Hurricanes in the next couple of games, so that's going to be tough. But this is a group I think a lot of people expected to be historically bad. When Travis Boyd is starting as your number one center, that's not good. But uh, Clayton Keller's been good. Uh, we've seen some solid uh, performances from the defense. Uh, they've got some decent scoring depth. Uh, Matias Michelli, I talked about him a couple of days ago on here. And uh, I think that this is something where, it's it's kind of unsustainable. I don't think the goal the Arizona Coyotes are a playoff team and things are going to fall down quickly. But I think at this point, given the start to the season where they had to go on the road for a long time until they finally got to play in their at Mullet Arena, uh, I think it's you know the best you could have asked for for this group. So uh, it's a it's a tough situation for like the Coyotes to be in where they don't have a lot of talent to work with, but you know they're they're two points behind the Colorado Avalanche. They're ahead of the Minnesota Wild. That's a pretty good position to be in right now in the Central. For sure. And it's interesting, you know, when we talk about tanking, I always say that 
the GM can tank. The GM can manipulate which pieces are on the chessboard. He can take the good pieces off the chessboard and put some dusty old pieces on the board and they might not perform well. But once you get to the game situations between the players and the coach, I've heard it a million times in my life from a player, tanking is not my DNA. And it really isn't. And especially in a system under Andre Tourigny, who obviously is known for bringing a lot of accountability to young players, you're going to get competitiveness from that group. Even if Bill Armstrong doesn't want that, which I don't think he does, you just can't force the actual players to tank once they're out there. So you're getting a little bit more fire, a little bit more pushback than I think we expected from the Coyotes this year. And that's the NHL, man. Everything is just condensed. The teams that you expect to be awful are not that bad. The teams you expect to be not that bad are awful, like the San Jose Sharks and Anaheim Ducks, and the entire field is condensed. So we have this weird reverse standing situation where, yes, the playoff race is exciting, but the Connor Bedard race is going to be really exciting. There's actually parity in the fight for that first overall pick, which to me is very fascinating. Well, Stephen, that's it for today's edition of Daily Faceoff Live. Thank you very much, Stephen, for coming on. It's good to have you back with me. Thank you, Nick Alberga. Thank you, Tyler Remchek. And of course, our head of production, Alex Allard, will be, will be back this coming Monday, noon Eastern. In the meantime, enjoy Hall of Fame weekend in the NHL and visit dailyfaceoff.com for everything hockey that happens over the weekend.